Many start well, but don't end well because they don't ever get the roots down. Listen, Christianity is all about roots. If you're going to go the long haul, you got to have roots deeper, longer than the branches. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Whenever there's something worth pursuing in the kingdom of God, the devil will try to stop you. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, First, with a look at three hindrances to seeking the kingdom of God that Jesus warned us about. You know, I learned long ago that as soon as I decided to seek the Lord with all my heart, the enemy of my soul would do his best to trip me up, distract me, or otherwise sabotage my effort. And Jesus knew that too which is why he warned us of the three most common pitfalls to putting him first. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Hindrances to the Kingdom. Now I'm going to talk to you about first things today. Uh, We have been talking about the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I only wish I'd coined that. I didn't, but it's true. Jesus put it this way, seek for, well, let's just read it together. Matthew 6, 33. This is our key verse for this series. Let's just read it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his, and what will happen? All these things shall be added to you. These things being uh, shelter, food, clothing, all the things that the lost world worries about all the time. Jesus said it will be added to you as a side benefit of seeking first the kingdom. He said, don't worry about those things. Seek first the kingdom. Now, there are hindrances to seeking first the kingdom. Now, there are things that Satan puts in front of us, roadblocks, landmines, pitfalls. There are things that we allow into our own life, that crowd into our life, that cause us to not seek first the kingdom of God. What we just read is something we've got to be intentional about. You can't just expect it to happen. You must be intentional because you won't always feel it. You're not going to feel like it all the time to get up in the morning and seek first the kingdom. Um, But we must decide. So I'm going to talk to you today about three things that are used either by the devil or we allow to come in that hinder us from seeking the kingdom. Now, I'll tell you where I got this. I got these three hindrances as I was reading the parable of the sower. Now, the parable of the sower is one of Jesus' most famous parables. As a matter of fact, get this. Jesus said, if you understand the parable of the sower, then you will be able to understand all other parables. So there's something about this parable of the sower that is a key that unlocks our understanding to the rest of the parables that Jesus taught. I'm just telling you what he said. So there's something about this parable that's very pivotal to us understanding the teachings of Jesus. Now, in the parable of the sower that we're about to read, we're going to find three things, a sower, a seed, and a soil. 
There is a sower sowing the seed. There's the seed, and that seed goes into soil. Now, Jesus shows the seed going into four types of soil, and he calls them hard ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. Now, let me just tell you what those things mean. Jesus says the sower is himself. He said, I'm the sower. When he went to explain the parable to his disciples, he said, the sower is me. Now, by default, the sower is now all of us. We all sow. I'm sowing right now. I'm sowing the seed of the word of God right now. And I fully expect it to bring forth fruit. And it's not going to return to me void. It's going to do what it's sent for to accomplish. So there is the sower. That's Jesus. The soil represents the heart. Hard ground, stony ground, thorny ground, good ground. That's the heart. Jesus is dealing with the heart. He's about to mess with our stuff. Now, the seed is the word of the kingdom. The seed is the word of God. When you and I heard John 3, 16 for the first time, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That was a seed. And it fell onto four kinds of ground. But the seed is supernatural. In that seed is the power to change our life. Peter wrote, you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. So he's telling us right there that the word of God is a seed, and it's so powerful. See, I learned a long time ago, as a preacher, as a teacher, don't get up and tell people what you think about things. Just preach that word. Just preach that word. And you'll find any message I share with you, it's full of scriptures. Why? Because it's seed. And I know it has the power to change your life. And it's going to do so today. So Peter said, you were born again when you heard the imperishable word of God. Now get this, the seed, God's word, carries within it all the incredible potential of the kingdom of God coming to fruition in a person's heart. The seed of the word of God has the power to change you into a person doing things, achieving things, going places, reaching places you would have never done apart from the power of the imperishable Word of God. But we're going to see in this parable, and this is the gist of the parable, that the seed that Jesus tells us about, that Word of God, only bears fruit in one of the four types of soil. One out of four makes it. The other three are sabotaged, and they're sabotaged by three things, and we're going to go over those things, and I want you to think as I go over these things, now, which ground am I? Am I that hard ground? Am I that stony ground? Am I that thorny ground? Am I good ground? Now, I believe that most everybody in here is good ground, but I do believe that the enemy or just life itself can crowd these other ones in on you where the word is being choked, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But listen carefully now, this parable, that we're about to read it, this parable is a cautionary tale designed to warn us, followers of Jesus, of three things that can hinder our walk with God and that can put a roadblock in front of our pursuit of the kingdom of God as first in our life. We have an enemy, and the last thing the enemy wants is for you and I to seek first the kingdom of God. The enemy loves moderate Christians. 
The enemy loves lukewarm believers. The enemy is terrified of believers that have been lit, and they are like a torch, and isn't anything going to shut them up. That's what the enemy fears. So let's read the parable. It's not very long, and I'm reading it out of the Living Bible because it put it so simply. But here it is, Mark 4. Here's, here's the parable. Jesus says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the hard pathway, the well-trodden path. And look what happened to it. The birds came and ate it up. Now, here comes the second soil. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had, what, everybody? No root. Now, here comes the third soil. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And then finally, the good ground. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, it grew, and it produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. So some people uh, that are fruitful, some bring forth 30, some bring forth 60, and some bring forth a maximum harvest. But at least the 30-fold person is bearing fruit. The first three bear no fruit. Now the disciples came to Jesus later and they said, man, well, they didn't say man, that's the revised Wickwire slandered version. (laughs) They said, Jesus, explain the parable to us. What did you mean? And Jesus said, okay, let me explain it to you. Now I'm I'm gonna show you Jesus' explanations one ground after another. Now first, Jesus said, okay, here's the hard ground. Jesus said, these are the ones by the hard pathway where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Wow, what a tragedy. Because look, the imperishable seed of the word of God was sown on their heart, but their heart was hard, like hard ground. And so the seed didn't go down into the ground because... That ground was hard, and we often hear about somebody having a hard heart. They're hard-hearted. Man, that person's cold. They are hard-hearted. The seed falls on that hard heart, and it doesn't go down in. Now, look what Jesus said happens to it. He said, Satan is standing there. Satan is right there when somebody hears the gospel. He's standing right there, and Jesus said, Satan comes immediately. He doesn't wait a day. He doesn't give that seed a 24-hour shelf life. Satan immediately swoops in and takes away the word sown in their hearts. This person right here never gets saved. This person never gets saved. And now Jesus is giving us a little glimpse into the spiritual world and letting us see what really happens. Right now I'm preaching the gospel. People are going to be saved today. They were already saved in the first service. But here's the deal. Satan is standing right there to try to snatch that word out of your heart. I'm very aware that I'm in a spiritual battle right now. I'm going against the kingdom of Satan right now. Some of you have never come to Christ, and I'm coming in with the word of God, and my prayer is that you hear a voice within my voice, his voice. And the enemy is standing right there to try to pull you away, to try to steal that word. You know, the devil's always after the word of God in our life. He always wants to steal the word God puts in our life, not just the word When we get saved, he wants to snatch that gospel out, 
but also through the years as God gives you a word. He speaks something to you, a vision, a part of God's plan for your life. Satan will always try to snatch that word, steal that word, because he's a thief. How do you know Satan's lying if he's talking? Jesus said the word is stolen from their hard heart like a bird might land on a cement parking lot to snatch a breadcrumb and fly away with it. You see it all the time. You go to a place like Sonic where you're sitting outside and you got those grackles, those blackbirds with the long tails and the horrible screech. And they're waiting for you to drop a crumb. And as soon as you do, whoosh, they're down. They grab it and they fly away. That's the devil. That's just like the devil. That's what he does with the word in people's hearts. This person's heart is hardened, it's unrepentant, and before they have a chance to think about or mull over what they have heard, Satan snatches it away. He tells them, that was crazy, that was just a bunch of fanatics. What are you doing listening to them? You don't need that right now. you got places to go, things to do, bills to pay, kids to raise. You don't need that right now. Why would you even listen to that? Jesus is telling us in this parable, when you hear a word from God, when you hear the word of God, let it sink in. Think about it. Ponder it. Mull over it. Consider it. When I talk to people in our culture about Jesus, I'm amazed at how very few people in the American culture anymore really know what Jesus said, really know who Jesus was, You'll give them a simple quote. Did you know that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life? They said, no, I didn't know he said that. I don't accept it, though, because there's many ways to God. And you see right there another way Satan steals the word. He steals the word by distractions. He steals the word from procrastination. He steals the word because some people have developed prejudices against Christianity because of things other people have told them. And they don't know the truth about Jesus. Some have accepted what critics have said, and there's many critics in our culture today of Christianity outright. They will attack the Christian faith, and the lost listen to them. And instead of considering God's word for themselves, they listen to the critics. They have formed their opinion of Christianity from Hollywood. Now, I guarantee you if it's from Hollywood, it's wrong. Rarely do I go to a movie. I think I've been to three movies in five, six years, and even those I walked out going, what a waste. I'm just saying. <laughs> or, or they read a book like The Da Vinci Code that is a total false representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and of the word of God, and yet that's all they have, so they listen to that, and their hearts get hard against the real Christian faith, and the seed falls on a hard heart, hard ground, and they don't consider, or here's a big one, they listen to hypocritical Christians or they watch hypocritical Christians and they say, I don't want to be like them. Or they conclude that the whole thing is fake because of what they see from hypocritical Christians. Amen. Jesus said it's inevitable that offenses should come, but woe to those through whom the offenses come. It's better that they have a millstone tied around their ankle to be thrown in the middle of the sea than that they cause one of these little ones to stumble. Other people say, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too busy, or I'm not the religious type. I'm just not. And these arguments go on in their heads 
when the seed is sown. And Satan uses these things to snatch that seed out of their heart before they repent. Here's the bottom line of the parable of the sower. Jesus wants all of us to carefully consider his claims and not allow the devil to pluck the word out of your heart before you have a chance to be saved. Some of you in here, I don't know who you are, but you're here or you're watching by video and you've got a question about your salvation, whether you're right with God, whether you have truly had Christ come into your heart. I just want to encourage you today. I love you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I was saved in a jail as a 16-year-old. And when that word was sown onto my hard heart, the good thing that happened with me was the Holy Ghost was like a plow and plowed up the ground, and the seed went down. And I got saved. I accepted that seed. Don't allow false arguments and lies about Jesus or the Christian faith to keep you from carefully considering what he said. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no human being gets to the Father but through me. What about that? Well, Jeff, he didn't really mean that. Oh, he really meant that. Have you considered that? That it's not, you don't go pick your Savior, pick your God, pick your faith. There's one Savior, one Redeemer, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. That's the hard ground. Then there's the stony ground. Jesus said to the disciples, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, and look at this, they get saved. They immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now look at this one. They receive the word with joy. They say, hallelujah, Jesus died for me, and I want him into my heart. They accept him, and they receive it with joy, and they have a great day. But then there's a but. But then, because they don't have deep roots, this second type of soil is shallow, and it's rocky, So the word is received joyfully, but never gets a chance to put down deep roots into this person's soul. I tell you what, I've been a pastor for 33 years, and I have seen all kinds of different people get saved, come to Christ, come to church, begin the Christian walk. But let me tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you, many start strong, but end weak. Many start good, but end bad. Many start excited, but they end up anything but excited. Many start well, but don't end well because they don't ever get the roots down. The roots down. We need roots down. You got to put down roots. Remember that movie, Roots? Listen, Christianity is all about roots. If you're going to go the long haul, you got to have roots deeper, longer than the branches. Roots. Now, I want to show you what kept them from getting roots down. Jesus said... And by the way, this parable is in three of the four Gospels. It's in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in those three. And in every one of those three, the trouble that Jesus says causes them to not put down roots, he says it's persecution. Either the new Christian is mocked for their faith, 
or they lose friends, or they're ostracized at work, or they're shut out of family gatherings, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, <laughs> or they're talked about, or they're painfully rejected by people they care about. In other words, here's the deal. The person who doesn't get the roots down, they get saved, they're gloriously saved, they're all excited, but they fall away from their sincerity and from seeking the kingdom first when they see, I'm going to pay a social price for this. I'm going to pay a social price. I'm not going to get to be Mr. or Mrs. Popular. Some people are going to tell me where to get off. Some people are going to avoid me. When I go out there at lunchtime in my company and all of them are gathered at tables, I'm going to find that they real quick fill every chair and don't give me a chair. Some people are not going to like me, and it's not that you're deodorant. It is Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And that's why they don't like you. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, this is the condemnation, that light came into the world and men love darkness more than the light. That's the condemnation. So when Jesus lights you on fire and you're lit and you're full of him and full of the Holy Spirit and you think, hallelujah, everybody's going to be happy as I am about this, you learn real quickly there are some folks that aren't thrilled at all. Happened to me in my house. My first persecutors were members of my own family. Now my little mother is probably watching and going, Jeffrey, cool it now. Take it easy. But here's the deal. My little mother would tell you that she did it too. Until one night she came to a meeting I was preaching in, and the Holy Ghost convicted her, and she answered in the altar call. And watch this. I forgot my mic was hot. I had a mic like this. And I was preaching in a large church. My mother and sister snuck in. Now she'd been making fun of me for years. My little mother snuck in, and the Holy Spirit nailed her. And when I gave the invitation, she came down. And when I saw her, I forgot. Mother, what are you doing here? It's true. Tears streaming down her face. She said, I came to get saved. I took that mic off and I went and hugged my mother and that was it. That was it. Well, it's so very true that we're in a warfare, not a church picnic in our walk with God. I'm so thankful that Jesus warned us of those things that can prove to be a snare to our soul. No one wants us to bear kingdom fruit more than he does. Now stay tuned for our announcer who's going to tell you how you can obtain this rich series of messages for your own Christian library. You know, thank God for the technology that allows us to return to life-giving messages over and over again for fresh inspiration. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Hindrances to the Kingdom. Now, here is our announcer. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Hindrances to the Kingdom is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series. First, keeping the main thing, the main thing. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series. First, keeping the main thing, the main thing for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.